Welcome to the Money Hour with host Tina Mitchell. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited. Now in the studio, local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome to the Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, January 29th show. You can also listen to my podcast, Facebook premiere show, or the show on our show YouTube channel. In addition, for more information on any of my upcoming events, you can go to tinamitchellevents.com. I am your host and local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. Bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events and how they can affect your money. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. I'm here to answer any questions or better to connect you with the guests that I have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And the lineup for today's show, we'll be having a panel conversation with both of my guests, Doug Peterson of Get Priority Straight, and also Elysia Howard of College Insights. I'll also be having a separate conversation with Doug. Uh, topic today is college kids and money, and followed conversation with Alicia paying for college without going broke. So this is going to be a great show about college. So if you have children uh, that are young and you're wondering what to do about preparing for college or you have uh, children in college, it's really just going to be a really great show today. Also, if you're watching the show on Facebook Live Premiere or YouTube channel, you will actually see our video with everyone here. I want to introduce uh, two people to you. Uh, Benny over at Hubbard Radio. Hi, Tina. And also Becky, uh, my director of marketing on the team. Hey, Becky. Without the two of them, thanks, Becky. Uh, without the two of them, this show could not be a success for sure. All of the things that happened behind the scene to pull this all together. So thank you, Benny. And thank you, Becky. Great information and great guests on the show today. For more information on any topic discussed, please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50. And today, like we do each week, I'm going to start out with a little bit of money chat. Money. Money. Tina Mitchell here with your money chat. What a wild few days in the market. Wednesday was the Fed press conference. The Fed came out with their prepared statement and it was kind of dovish. They didn't uh, seem to like where they were going too much on rate hikes. They didn't even mention the runoff in the balance sheet. Then in a separate statement, they came out with this balance sheet reduction. The markets were crazy during the press conference. Now the equity markets went from the peak to the trough. We saw over 900 points swing in the Dow and the bond market dropped over 60 basis points. The press conference with Powell was certainly more of a hawkish tone. When he was asked questions if there was a 50 basis points, almost a double rate hike, 
on the table, he said it was certainly a possibility. And Powell really tried to state how strong he felt that the economy was and that it was much stronger than it was last time that they did the tightening in 2018. Powell said that the main concern is the raising in inflation. Outside of inflation, it seemed like that we were on a full stream ahead and trying to, then they were definitely be hiking rates. Now, there is a 100% chance of the rate hike in March and is now factored into the expectations are 125 basis points in hikes in 2022. If they were a quarter basis point hike, that would be five hikes. But in, of course, they could decide to make some double hikes and uh, increase that up to 50 basis points. Now, the bond market really didn't like when the Fed came out and said that they were going to reduce the balance sheet after they have a lift off of beginning the hiking. They were not clear on if they were going to do this at the same time like they did in 2018, where they hiked rates and reduced the balance sheet, or if they're going to pause there. It's going to be an interesting to see how this all shakes out. Now, this may sound a little counterintuitive, but the bond market will respond positively with rate hikes because it curves inflation. But the bond market will respond negatively to balance sheet runoff. The rate hike impacts prime rate, not mortgage rates. And the mortgage rates are directly tied to how the Fannie Mae 30-year bond is trading. So the Fannie Mae 30-year bond will do well when inflation is in line and uh, the exact opposite when it's not. Now, the prime rate is your short-term loans like credit cards, car loans, home equity line of credit, uh, Fed rate hikes, and the balance sheet runoff are two levers that the Fed has and um, will decide how they're actually going to be managing uh, those and how that's going to impact all of the markets. Now, I'm going to be a little bit of a soapbox here because something that really bothers me about the Fed, the Fed worried about the balance sheet runoff. Why are they not stopping the outright purchases of mortgage-backed securities? It's kind of like me saying that I want to go on a diet. I have to lose weight. But then this week I decide I'm going to have ice cream, milkshakes, cake, cookies, candy, everything else that I can think of. And then I'll diet next week. It's pretty stupid. And another thing that bothered me that Powell said, we have good recovery and the economy is doing well, but some of the side effect of that is inflation. Excuse me for saying, but it's BS because the inflation and also what he uh, stated is it's like a high class problem. It's not a high class problem. It's a middle class problem. When you have inflation, it's an underserved problem. When you have inflation, because it creates misery, when costs go up for things that you need to buy faster, then wages go up. That is the furthest thing from a high class problem. So that's my recap of the Fed's meeting and the press conference and your Monday chat. Coming up next in the Money Hour panel conversation with Doug Peterson of Get Priorities Straight and Elysia Howard of College Insights right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 AM. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now, we're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen.
Alternative Talk 1150, the talk of the sound. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk 1150 AM. Now, back to the show with local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. You are listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, January 29th show. You can also listen to uh, my podcast, Facebook Premiere, or the show on the YouTube channel. In addition, for more information on upcoming events, please go to tinamitchellevents.com. I am your host and local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. It is a great day to talk money, and that is what the show is all about how to make money, save money, so you can have a better quality of life for you and your family. If you are hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. I'm here to answer any questions or to connect you with the two guests that I have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50, or you can go online to themoneyhour.com. And now on our show, our panel conversation with Doug Peterson of Get Priority Straight and Elysia Howard of College Insights right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Welcome to both of you. Good to be here. Hello. I was waiting like this uh, because I have both of you on each uh, each sides here. So before I get into the panel conversations, I want to share with our listeners a little bit about uh, both of you. Doug Peterson of Get Priority Straight is a serial entrepreneur and has founded several businesses. In 20. 20- 2001. It's hard you want to say 2021 or 2022. Anyways, in 2001, he began coaching and mentoring business owners to improve business results and find more satisfaction in life. Doug discovered an unserved area personal and business cash flow mastery, which is key to personal and business success. In 2018, Doug founded Get Priority Straight to help business owners and high-income earners master their personal and business cash flow so they could reduce stress, eliminate waste, and focus on what they do best. And a little bit about Elysia. Uh, Elysia Howard, as a leading expert in the realm of academic ad advertising college admissions, financial aid, and scholarships. Alicia's mission is to educate and support students through the college administration process. Working in education for 19 years has afforded Alicia opportunities to work with thousands of students from around the world. Alicia is currently the only certified financial aid advisor in the state of Washington has her master's education and is a certified counselor, college counselor. She has done it all from curriculum development to administrations, including five years as university professor and leading corporate education at a large global company. After working administrations and financial aid for almost 10 years, she knows the process inside and out and loves supporting her students. Well, Elisa, this is the first time. Doug is a regular contributor of the show. So people that listen to the show uh, have heard me introduce uh, the greatness of Doug and everything that he does. And I have him here on a consistent basis because what he does is so unique and he does it so well that I just need him for my listeners. But first time that I've had you in studio, studio Elisa, uh, really excited to have you here and uh, what credentials that you have. It's amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. All right. So Doug, let's go ahead and start out with you. I always like to ask, um, what life experience brought you into your line of work? Well, as you mentioned, I spent a lot of time coaching executives and in 
2018, I wanted to make a bigger difference in the lives of my clients than just helping them with their business alone. So I looked for a really big problem I could solve. And that problem was cash flow mastery. I look back at my life and the ups and downs of an entrepreneur. And it doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur or not, you can have challenges. So uh, I founded, excuse me, on top of that, my challenge was not being on the same page with my spouse. I thought, boy, if I could crack that where we could have husbands and wives not having money stress and not leaving the table conversations unresolved, um, that would make a big difference. So it doesn't, it affects every income level and there's no income you can't outspend. So that's why I started. Yeah, that is great, uh, Doug. And um, yeah, I know you work with a, a lot of business owners and, and really helping them get in control of their business, businesses, finances, where their money's going and uh, spot on uh, with married couples because yeah, finance finances is one of the biggest uh, causes for divorce. So um, it's just really great what, you, uh, what you're doing. Alicia, how about for you? What life experience brought you into your line of work? Oh man, that's a long story. But the very short story is that, uh, well, if you go back right to when I was a student, I was trying to, you know, I was a first generation college student and I had no idea what I was doing. Right. I was a high school student trying to like, you know, I, I didn't know, I knew I wanted to go to college, but nobody in my family had gone to college and I was kind of navigating this thing on my own. And I made every mistake that a lot of parents and students are still making, but I made all of them. And then I, you know, later went into education myself and picked up all of these th things. And I was like, there's just this huge gap in college admissions and in funding for college because the system is so incredibly broken. And I just saw, you know, for forever, right, very high income earners had always hired college consultants and um, that's always been a thing and they're very expensive. And then you had low income kids who may qualify for some nonprofit help, but mm -hmm. um, even that you're getting like a college student or a recent college grad who really doesn't know what they're doing either. And then I was like, what's for middle-class people? So we're like middle-class families are coming out with all this debt and they're like just making every wrong decision. Right. But they don't know any better. And I just said, you know, I think I can help middle-class people uh, really fill this gap, be affordable, but help them get through this process much less stressful than I had to, and then come out with, you know, affordable for whatever their family situation is, right? Because I don't want to see a bunch of debt coming out. So, yeah. Well, that's why I like asking this question to all of my guests, because it's so, um, it's so great to be able to hear the story of why the story behind why you do what you do. So uh, Doug, what is the biggest challenge that you have overcome in your business and how did you overcome it? Do you want my biggest challenge ever? or the Whatever one you want to share, whatever you think is the, that you want to share, Doug. Well, I'm going to go way back. In okay. my 20s, I used my house as collateral for a business I started up. Oh. And I was way too optimistic and lost it all. I lost my house. I went bankrupt. I had to voluntarily repossess my car. I was sure I had ruined my life. I needed income. And so the way I got out of it is I called a friend who had a janitorial business. I worked for him for two weeks and I needed money. He was making, I was <laughs> by the end of the month, I had three jobs cleaning restaurants and was making more than the restaurant manager. And, uh, Took me 30 days and I was back in business. Now I was still depressed. 
but at least I was paying the bills. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a uh, thank you for sharing that, Doug. Um, that's grit, right? I mean, you just you just have the grit in to get over that financial tragedy, pick yourself back up. And how great that you actually have that story that you can share in your line of work and helping people uh, through clash, uh, cash flow, because people will connect when you've gone, because I'm sure that you, uh, you know, have clients that are going through uh, things that really need you. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, Elysia, how about for you, what is the biggest challenge or a challenge you want to share that you've overcome? in your business and how? Yeah, I think it's similar to Doug. And if you, you know, study entrepreneurs, you'll, you'll very quickly see there's a, there's like a theme here of grit, right? Like we've all just been through it at a whole other level. So I think for me, that was um, hard. I, I had started my business. I'd been so successful in my career as an educator. And then you started a business and it's like, talk about upside down, right? Yeah. Like the steady paychecks not coming in. You're figuring it out. And for me, a big obstacle was people didn't understand what I do, right? Like you talk like a veterinarian, you know what a veterinarian does, right? Like people can kind of know what you do. Yeah. They might not know every little detail, but they're like, okay, you're like a pet doctor. Right. And then when you say I'm a financial aid advisor or a college consultant, they're like, what? Right. Mm -hmm. So it took eight months for me to even get my first client when I started my business, um, cause I'd been out of the country for a lot of years. I didn't have contacts mm -hmm. when I came back. And I literally like, when you talk about start from nothing, like I yeah. started from nothing, like I didn't know anybody. So well, congr congratulations on the, uh, making that jump and then the grit of staying with it, because a lot of people, you have this big vision and this big dream, and then you get in it and it's like, oh my gosh, wow, this is the reality of it. And then people give up. A lot of people give up and they go back to whatever they they weren't enjoying, uh, but you stuck with it for eight months. And it's also a shout out if you're listening to the show um, and you're starting a business, especially a business that might not be a common area. And I know, uh, you know, Doug is a little bit um, unique in that as well in what he does, because there's not a lot of people out there is what is the problem that your perfect client has and leading with that problem then and the solution, it's going to be easier for people to understand what you have to offer and how you can help them. And it's bringing in those perfect clients. So thank you so much uh, for sharing that, Elisa. Uh, Alicia. So Doug, really quick answer on this. We've got to wrap up uh, our panel conversation. But as you think about the future of your business, what do you see? Where are you going? Well, the need and understanding how to manage cash flow proactively in personal and business is huge. Really, today's survival skills are money skills, and people haven't been taught. They've the marketing engine of the world is now extracting money without you even knowing it through subscriptions, and Amazon shows up as Amazon in your credit card. So, I think just education and really helping people understand that this is how you have to survive now. You can't just hope you'll make more money every year, you've got to manage it. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Thank you, Doug. And Elysia, a different question for you. What problem? Well, when actually we talk, I'm going to ask you a different question because we've kind of talked about that. What is the most unique aspect about what you do? I think it's it's the combination of experience over the years. So if you were to Google, you know, common, you know, college admissions in the area, you'll find most, most professionals, like they only help with certain sections. Like they only do essays with students. They only do scholarships or these specific areas. Whereas I'm very unique in that. I do all of it. I do the strategy. I get through essays. I do career counseling. I figure out a major, we figure out a list of schools. 
like funding and it's all a comprehensive strategy. So I'm going to give you very different answers and solutions than I think you know, most people in the field would give you because I'm looking at it holistically and not from like this little tiny niche. Yeah, that is so great with, um, you know, even, even, you know, writing curriculum and all of the things that I introduced in, uh, in your credentials. So that's great. Well, thank you, uh, both of you for participating in our panel, my panel conversation. So our listeners could get to know you a little bit better. Uh, as we move in, uh, Elisa will be having you back at the end of the show. So you definitely want to stay tuned. If you're listening, this whole show is about college and, uh, about Doug and Elisa and the unique services that they offer. So coming up next on the Money Hour, college, kids, and money. Doug Peterson, get priorities straight right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Would you like to get control of your money? Do you want to live without financial stress and save your children's future? That's what Get Priorities Straight is doing for parents just like you. The result is confidently reaching your goals and gaining peace of mind. How does that sound? Do your income fluctuations make it impossible to know if you can meet your expenses and even have some reserves? Doug Peterson of Get Priorities Straight has developed a program to master your personal budget so you can have control. Wouldn't you like to know you can always meet your obligations and we're on track for your goals? To eliminate cash flow stress, start by scheduling a confidential 25-minute complimentary Zoom meeting with Doug Peterson of Get Priority Straight. Just go to schedulewithdoug.com. Less stress, more money. It's what happens when you get priorities straight. Go to schedulewithdoug.com and book a Zoom meeting now. Bored with the other stations? Hammering away on the same old talking points? Try Alternative Talk 1150 and get some variety. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk 1150 AM. Now, back to the show with local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. You are listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, January 29th show. You can also listen to my show podcast, Facebook premiere, or you can catch the show on the show YouTube channel. In addition, for more information on any upcoming events, please go to Tina Mitchell events.com. I am your host and local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. I am here to help you build a strong financial blueprint one week and one show at a time. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. I'm here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that I have on the show. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And uh, now in studio, I have Doug Peterson of Get Priorities Straight, College, Kids, and Money right here on 1150 AM KKNW. All right, Doug, really getting excited to get into our conversation around college kids and money. So what do you feel is the biggest challenge for people teaching their kids about money? Yeah, I really think it's three things. The world has changed a lot. I mentioned earlier that there's a lot of automation extracting money automatically. So people don't know that they're actually spending it. They don't know how much it is. And it's become more complex. And most people don't know what it costs to live. And I think the biggest reason, but those two feed right into it, is they really haven't been taught how to manage 
And if you can't model it well to your kids, they don't know. And I, in fact, I remember my parents just not talking about it at all. Yeah. So in, um, on that then, uh, Doug, when is the best time to get your children to manage their own money? I can't say I did this from experience because huh? I didn't, but I think kids can learn as early as eight years old how to manage it. They can run technology, they can run a phone, they can run a little budgeting app, and they can learn how to give and how to uh, save and save up for something special, but also know where it went. So I think you need to start them really young. I totally agree. And I, you know, I, I think too, if you, um, if your, your kids are getting allowance, they've got some way that they're bringing in money outside of the necessities, the things that you're going to buy anything extra, you know, when you're in the grocery store and they want that toy or they want the piece of candy or whatever that case may be, they can have it. They just have to pay half of it. You yeah. know, so if they, if they have half of the money, you'll put the other half in. And I think, you know, that's a really good uh, exercise and way for them to be managing their own money, understanding the importance of saving. So they want the toy here, but maybe they don't because there's something else that they're going to want more the next time. Right. Yeah. And, and let them run out of spend it all at an early age and not when the stakes are higher and they yeah. just went to college and bought a BMW or something. So true. So Doug, how about uh, an allowance and uh, what are your thoughts on that? I think giving them allowance is fine and you need to let them know what they need to do for that. You know, they live here, they have yeah. to contribute, but on your earlier point, um, then put them on a commission. You do this job, you make this much extra money. Kids are more careful with money they've earned yeah. and this prepares them for life after parents and they really don't value your money. It's just amazing. You know, it, it came too easy. That's a great idea. Put them on commission. Here is the standard and the basic of what you need to do. And if you do this, this, and this, that will increase it. And it also shows that the of the hard work is as well, because if you go into anything related to sales or you go into your own business, it's the effort you put in, the more effort that you put in, the more money you're going to make. Or even if you go in as an employee with a salary position, the more effort you put in, the higher chance you are going to get increases and even better get a promotion within that company. So starting them at a young age, uh, great advice. So if your child has a big expense, how should you handle that? You know, obviously kids can't handle all their stuff, but it's back to the earlier points. If they have a little bit of skin in the game, it makes a big, big difference. So maybe they can't afford half, but having them help makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about kids working for money? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I'm all for it. Kids like adults want to be rewarded. They want to have autonomy. It gives them a sense of independence and accomplishment, independence and accomplishments. And there's lots of things kids can do to earn money, not just around your house, but around the neighborhood with friends, dog walking. I mean, people think they're limited. You know, I'm too young. I can't do much. But you can't do much because you've never done much. <laughs> there's a real challenge in our, in our um, economy about kids just not working. Yes. So I think it's a great habit to build. Well, and I think it was, uh, well, I don't think, I know for me, it was a blessing uh, having parents with no money and, you know, playing my violent Pike Place Market to help our parents keep a roof over our head. And, you know, I waited for uh, probably two years to be, and I checked everything 
everything. The straw strawberry field is the only place you could pick at 10 years old. Everything else you had to be 12 years old. So I waited. And when I was 10 years old, I went and I worked the strawberry field. And that experience gave me so much you know, value of being able to earn. Now, before then I sold rocks and, you know, did all kinds of things to make money. But um, yes, I think it's really important uh, to get the kids as early as age as possible, uh, seeing that they can actually earn money um, and put in that hard work. So do most parents have a plan for saving for college? Well, I think we know we all should. Yeah. Uh, and in hindsight, I was late in the game, but often, you know, we're just trying to get a house you know, a car, a house, you know, just get our lives started. So um, that's something where Alicia is really helpful. And again, we all know this, but most of us don't do it. The earlier you start, the better off you are. Yeah. So we know college costs have really gone up. I went to my dermatologist and she said that her son's paying more in daycare for daycare than it costs her to get a degree as a doctor. That is crazy. It's just crazy. So it is expensive and you do need to plan. And to make a little plug for Alicia, because I've, I've hired her, um, you can do a lot and save a ton of money if you plan. Well, that's yeah. what I teach too, but I don't teach it around college. I bring in Alicia. Yeah, well, I'm so happy that both of you are uh, here in studio together. Uh, so what about kids participating in saving for college? What are your thoughts there? Well, you know, when we talked about um, them starting to manage their own money, maybe it's giving, maybe it's saving putting a small portion away for that so they can start thinking this is something that you do and grows over time. Imagine somebody just putting a little bit away and seeing in five or 10 years how much that's growing. Uh, we don't learn that in our society. It's just crazy. Yeah. And I'm amazed how this isn't taught in schools. But I think, yeah, even if they're saving out of their allowance, you know, 20% or 10% of their allowance toward college and yeah. their allowance is only $5 or $10. I think it's what you need to do. Yeah. What do we need to change to get this in school? Because it's as important as English and math and science, you know, to, to have a class um, education on finances. So Doug, what is your feeling around kids that they're buying on Amazon uh, on their parents' accounts or subscribing to service? What, what are your thoughts there? You know, I, I wouldn't give them access at all. First yeah. of all, when a charge comes through on Amazon, it shows up as Amazon in your credit card statement. So you don't uh -huh. know what you bought. Most people don't balance credit card statements. Uh -huh. um, and they won't even notice that instead of getting, they have three Spotify subscriptions instead of getting a family plan. I mean, they're just wasting money. And it's just amazing. And I, and I want to make a comment too about teaching finance in school. They do teach it, but what they teach people to do is project. And a projection is different than knowing where your money went and adjusting yeah. it and only spending money you have. You can make a projection, but then most people go, oh, my projection didn't work. So I, I went off my budget. Yeah. And that's not a, a valuable spending plan. And they just don't have a construct or a paradigm to teach people how to manage and adjust with the money they have. Because you can only spend money you have. Yeah. But they're being taught you can spend money that you don't have because yeah. we'll give you credit. Yes. It's just, it's horrible. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, there's, there's something to say for the ability to be able to leverage to make more, uh, but credit majority of the time, most of it is not leveraging at all. It's leveraging your lifestyle, not yeah. leveraging 
uh, your financial uh, picture. Yeah, so how did, what, what was that? Consumer debt. It's that consumer debt, you know, back yeah. in, and I didn't see it as much in this uh, refinance uh, boom that we just went through. Uh, but my first refinance boom, uh, when I get into the mortgage industry, uh, uh, about 27 years ago, a few years in, we had the, the first big refinance boom. And I had, you know, so many people that were uh, taking cash out to pay off revolving debt. And I thought, wow, that's just, that's really great. Because I was, you know, not that, it was relatively new in the industry. And then sure enough, the refinance boom came back and I had the same clients come back and get more cash out of their home to pay off more debt. So they took the cash out to pay off their debt and then went out and bought the new boats and all the things as well, right? Yeah. 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 So Doug, what was that? It's sad. I even had a financial planner as a client and they got behind and they sold one of their rentals and then they were in the same boat again. They never really learned how to change. Yes. Yeah. So Doug, how can you set aside money for college when uh, you have a lot of other goals. I mean, you been, you mentioned for yourself personally by a, buying a house. You know, I bought my first house when I was uh, 20 years old. Um, you have retirement. You're trying to manage uh, how you're going to be able to uh, live in retirement. And and also, I mean, you know, you want to travel and do some fun things. So uh, how do you do all of that? That's uh, the million dollar question. Isn't it? <laughs> You just can't do it all at once. We're in different seasons of our lives. And I named the company Get Priorities Straight because our priorities change. And you need to determine on an ongoing basis what's really important and cut out what you don't care about. And if you're just paying your bills and you're hoping there's something left, you'll be disappointed. But if you're proactive and you give every dollar a job before you spend it, you'll make better decisions and get more of what you want. Yeah. And it's amazing. The little shifts I've seen in people is they look in their freezer instead of just buying more groceries because they want more to go to their vacation fund, to their new home fund, to their car fund, to travel, to whatever it is. But it's paying attention saves usually 15 to 20 percent of waste. Yeah, it's a huge number. And isn't it true, too, that I mean, if you always are saving for something you will spend less money. Yeah, and I, I, I'd expand beyond that. Don't just save for something. Oh, look, there's sunshine. I can't yeah. believe it. It's I know. Well, I was here, you saw me dealing with that earlier. I had to kind of put some uh, stuff all together to block it. I'm all bright. Yeah, <laughs> you're looking good. <laughs> um, what are we talking about? Oh, so, yeah. yeah. So on top, just, of, on top of always wanting is saving for something. Wanting yeah, not just saving for something, but having every dollar have a job. You don't yes. have an extra pool. You can have an extra pool that's an emergency fund, but it's only for emergencies. Yes. So don't just figure we'll save and, and we'll have this extra bunch of money because you've already got it committed. You do yeah. want all the things we mentioned before. Yeah. And when we're talking about, you know, all those different uh, uh, categories of retirement, uh, saving for college and travel, you know, I know you work with a lot in, you know, those buckets and um, you talk about having a different season in your life, you know, depending on where you're at. But if you always have those buckets, if you know, at some point in time, you're going to need college, you know, you're going to need retirement, you know, you want to travel, but you can change in the seasons in that percentage you know, maybe you're putting the higher percentage in the college fund uh, right now, and that's coming and lowering the percentage in the retirement, you know, depending on the season you're in, would that be, would that be correct? Yeah, absolutely. 
yeah. um, I, I completely agree with you. And the, the other thing that's so nice about this is that when you do have money before you need it and actually go on vacation in November, we went down to Cabo San Lucas in November, had more money in our vacation fund when we got back. We didn't deplete it all. We had all of our Christmas savings done by December. So you're in a cash, cash basis. It just makes things easier and you feel good. Yes. Actually, yeah. it feels like you can have give permission to give yourself something nice. I love that. Uh, less than a minute uh, left. A shout out for anyone, for the people listening to the show today. Well, if you want to learn more about this, both for your personal and your business, I just do a free Get Acquainted meeting. And we just have a conversation about what your goals are, what your challenges are, you know, what I offer, see if it's a fit or not. And uh, you just go to schedulewithdoug.com. And you'll get right to my calendar and there's no obligation. And I'd be happy to have a conversation. Wonderful, Doug. Thank you so much for, again, being a regular uh, contributor to the show. You provide so much uh, value to uh, my listeners. And I'm glowing. You are glowing. <laughs> you always glow in my, uh, my mind, Doug, but now everybody uh, can see it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Doug. Thank you. Coming up next on the Money Hour, paying for college without going broke, Elysia Howard, College Insights, right here at 1150 AM, KKNW. Are you a parent that's wondering about how you'll pay for college? Are you afraid your child is behind on their college applications? Alicia Howard at College Insights navigates students and their families through these processes all the time. With almost 20 years of experience in education and the only certified financial aid advisor in Washington State, Alicia's mission in life is to help students and their families through this complicated and overwhelming time in life and ensure that students not only feel supported and have accountability while they prepare their college applications, but also have an expert to create a strategy so the costs of college don't break the bank. To learn more about College Insights, you can call 425-507-9069 or fill out their contact form online at collegeinsights.com. Again, that's collegeinsights.com. The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, every Saturday from 3 to 4 p.m. right here on KKNW AM 1150. Join the show to experience expert advice and knowledge on today's events in our local economy that can affect your money. That's every Saturday from 3 to 4 p.m. with a repeat show on Sundays at 8 a.m. For more information about The Money Hour radio show and their guests, visit themoneyhour.com. That's themoneyhour.com. Alternative Talk 1150, local talk for the body, mind, and soul. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Now, back to the show with local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. You are listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM, KKNW, the Saturday, January 29th show. You can also listen to my podcast, Facebook premiere, or the show on uh, show YouTube channel. I am your host, Tina Mitchell and your local mortgage expert, bringing into studio each week the best of the best experts in our local market on everything regarding your money. Now in studio, I have Elysia Howard of College Insights, paying for college without going broke, 
right here on 1150 AM at KKNW. Elicia, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me today. Yeah. So getting into uh, staying on the theme of our uh, college topic here, how can you start early in the college planning process uh, for family saving uh, money? Yeah. So just from the financial side, because there's also like the academics and all those things. Um, but from the financial side, I always tell families like if you can, and you and Doug kind of touched on this, because obviously we're all trying to juggle competing things. But if you can, I'm like, start saving like when you're pregnant <laughs> like, yeah. really early, um, because I think we've all known this. But I mean, I have I mean, I have two nephews and one just turned 21. We just got back from Nashville. The other one just drove my car the other day. He just got his permit. And I'm like, what happened? He literally was just born like a year ago. Like He's my baby. Right. And their baby's so short. And then all of a sudden, boom, like they're older. So like it happens pretty quickly. So if you can. Even if it's like $50 a month, like whatever you can do, just set that aside because it will really help us later down the road. And what about letting your, uh, your, the grandparents and um, all the people that want to, you know, really uh, do something for a special event that, hey, we've got this college fund set up. And, you know, if you're doing something uh, for a birthday, this is a great way to help her support and, you know, saving for college. Yeah. I mean, I think it's great. Uh, I mean, I work with a lot of people who have like grandparents or, I mean, I've even worked with people who have trusts from like generations ago that the grandparents had put money aside for the kids and yeah. it was like all the kids in the family. So I, I think that's great. I would say be really careful and talk to, talk to me, talk to your financial advisor and talk to a estate planning attorney because yeah. I've ran into a lot of problems where like grandparents put all this money aside, but if you don't pass it along correctly, it's really messing up my financial aid side wow. and hurting them. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a great, uh, uh, add on and disclosure to that. So thank you so much. Um, Elysia. So what do you do if your child is already in college? Yes. Yeah, so there, there's a few, quite a few things you can do, um, depending on where they're at in college, but um, we can, we're, when we're pulling money for school to make it affordable, we're not just pulling from one place, right? I'm pulling from many different places. So that's where we can start talking about one is your financial aid actually done correctly? Because a lot of the times, and I'm finding actually since COVID it's like half the time it's wrong what you're getting from the school. I just got another call yesterday. Actually, I've got a call every day this week. Um, but like the financial aid's wrong. Like they just messed it up yesterday. I had a student call and they're like, they're saying I owe $15, which isn't a big deal. But last quarter, she got an overage of $2,500. Like they gave her money actually to go to school. She has no debt. So wow. it's not a big deal for 15 bucks, but she's like, where's my $2,500? And something yeah. got messed up, right? So like things are just getting messed up. So we need to make sure one, is it correct? And there's not $2,500 of grant yeah. money missing. Um, Two, we want to do, we can take advantage of private scholarships and there's a whole system behind that. Um, there's ways that we can get the students to contribute more. There's all kinds of tricks with it. So if they're in college, I'm like, just call me. I got to figure out the situation and then we can make a plan for how we're going to pay for this. Well, it's kind of like anything else, uh, doing your taxes, estate planning, financing. You need to have an expert that knows and can navigate all through the changes and things are happening. And that's why it's so important uh, to reach out to Alicia and why I wanted to have her in the show is because she's an expert in this field. And when you hire somebody to take 
care of uh, uh, something that you don't have the knowledge on, uh, you come out way ahead. So Elisa, have you ever helped anyone get scholarships and grants to pay for all of college tuition and living expenses? Is that possible? Oh, absolutely. I've done that. Um, I usually have three or four students every year that just for undergrad gets like fully 100% covered for everything. Um, a lot of it is like those values, right? So we talk about that with, with family members, um, especially with the parents, because you'll have like, I'll have a conversation with the family and you'll often have, and it's usually the mom, sorry, moms. It's usually mom. I've never had it be dad before. Um, but they're like, oh, they, my kid wants to go to this school and you run the numbers and you're like, that's going to be, I ran one last week. It was $275,000 that oh this family God. was going to have to come up with in parent loans, not in just the kids loans overall, oh the God. school is more, but in parent loans. And I'm like, well, you can do it that way, or we could do it this way and actually have your school basically completely covered. Like, what do you want to do? Right. So some of it's like, we can make some choices yeah. and you might say, Hey, we're actually okay with having to pay some money out of pocket. I mean, half of my clients are really high income. Uh -huh. Like, I mean, so I, I work with clients all the time who can just write a check for school, yeah. but you know, if not, we can come out with a little debt and come out with a lot of debt and come out with none. Let's make yeah. those decisions together. So you're making an informed decision and, and the best like, financial decision. Yes. Yeah, not just yeah. like trying to get through it and you have no idea what you're doing, right? Absolutely. So Elisa, what can uh, you do if your children have graduated and um, have student, student or parent loans? Oh, there's a lot of stuff you can do with loans. Um, so yeah, if you did not talk to me when your kids were in high school <laughs> and, they've, uh -huh. and they've now graduated, um, there's a lot of stuff you can do with loans. Um, so a few things, one, you can get forgiveness on your loans. So when people talk about, hello, misnomer, people talk about student loan forgiveness, like it's one thing, like there's this one program that's student loan forgiveness. And there's not, I alone work with over 75 different forgiveness programs. Like wow. there are so many different forgiveness programs and they all have their own rules and right. Like all sure. these different things you have to follow. So there's, there's forgiveness. You can get full forgiveness. You can get partial forgiveness. Right. But then you also have just different strategies, right. Um, that like, for example, we could put you on different plans where maybe you don't have a lot of debt, right. Maybe you only have like 30,000 in student loans, which would be like a $300 payment a month when you graduate. But when you're 22, like that's a lot of money. And so sometimes yeah. you're like, actually, maybe it doesn't make sense to get forgiveness. Maybe it actually makes more sense to like, let's make that. So your monthly payment is a hundred dollars a month. Um, but you want to use that money to save for a house or mm -hmm. start saving for retirement. So that's where we can actually sit. We can run the numbers, right. You'll know exactly what your monthly payment would be and you know, the pros and cons. And then you, again, you can make that decision and then we can even pull your financial advisor in that conversation and say, Hey, I can save you $300 a month on your student loans. Right. And then the financial advisor is like, yeah, let's do that because I'm going to take that and put that and invest it. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's so. great. So who can get their loans forgiven, uh, Elysia? Um, oh gosh. So the short version of that, like I'd say most people can get at least partial, if not full forgiveness. Mm -hmm. um, with the strategy, right. Um, I'd say 
really the people who we struggle to get forgiveness on loans are people who have really what I call baby loans. So uh -huh. under $30,000, right? So if you call me and you're like, I have $10,000 in student loans, I'm probably going to tell you like get a part-time job, right? Um, yeah. But maybe not, right? Because I just had one of my friends just had a baby and she has $12,000 in student loans. And um, she was like, I, I can't work right now, right? Like, like we're kind of penny pinching and I'm like, okay, let's just put your, we'll put your loans into a forgiveness program, right? You uh -huh. probably won't get forgiveness on it, but we can put you into the program, but that makes your monthly payment zero. And that saves you your 150 bucks a month. And yeah. when you're just need six months or whatever for maternity leave, like maybe that's all you need. Right. So um, but other than that, the general rule is if it's a really small loan amount, it's harder to get forgiven, but higher amounts yeah. are actually way easier to get forgiven. Interesting. Huh. Um, so we talked about when you should start saving uh, for college and your answer was when you get pregnant. I love that. <laughs> if possible. I love it. If possible. Um, and again, like, you know, like you said, I mean, it's $5, $10, $50. I mean, just the, and it, it Doug shares so much. I mean, it's just the exercise of you actually are creating the habit around there is something that's going in here it's always top of mind so uh how much should you save for college so right now in today's dollars um like kids are in high school right now i'm telling parents like i mean save as much as you can but in a perfect world i would like to see like fifty thousand saved um more would be better like 50 to a hundred thousand because that would give me enough for like one to two years of education, right? Like I can make that stretch really far, right? Yeah. Um, but re reality is, as most people who call have nothing saved or they have like 25,000 saved. But um, I always say like, if you can get to that $50,000, $100,000 mark in today's dollars, like you're gonna be in a much better position. Yeah. Now, if you have babies or, you know, middle schoolers, that number, I mean, it's insane. Um, it's really, really high. So um, we can figure out and run the, the amounts based on the projections and stuff, but um, it's going to be way higher. If you got, if you got babies, you're going to need like $200,000 saved. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. So what is one thing that everyone should do when planning for college? Plan start early. Yeah. <laughs> like, please start early. You can pick that up. Yeah. Please start early. Um, because when you're planning, so the planning phase of college is actually grades like nine and 10. Okay. So that's the planning phase. Um, and then the actual starting college application phase is 11th grade. Yep. But like in practice, half of my business actually comes like August to October of senior year. So it's like right before applications are due because people don't know any better. Right. Oh, wow. And so I get a lot of the calls at that time and we do it, we make it work, but it's stressful. Yeah. You're going to have a lot of stuff to get through. So like, you're never going to call me too early. Cause if we call too early, I'm just going to say, call back in a year. Right. Yes. Like who cares? Yeah. Right. But if you call me too late now we're rushing and it's very stressful. So, yeah. So like anything else in, in life, start early. Don't procrastinate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what expenses are related to paying for college do most families not even think about? And it just kind of pops up. It is a surprise. Um, well, besides living expenses, which families yep, yep. way underestimate, yeah. way underestimate, um, because in their head, they're still going from like when they were young 
Um, I was just reading an interesting stat the other day about how like an apartment in New York in 1940, um, like these grandparents or something owned it, but even if they adjusted it for today's inflation, it would be like $750 a month, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even adjusted for inflation. And you're like, no way, that's like $3,000 apartment now. And so mm-hmm. a lot of parents still think like you can get a cheap apartment as a college kid. And you're like, no, it's actually yeah. like the same cost as your mortgage. So they underestimate the living expenses. And then they forget about things like books, which are they're like, yeah, I remember books are kind of expensive and like, they're so much more expensive now. Um, or they think about, oh, my kid wants to go out of state and you don't think about like the airfare costs, right? Like uh, those yeah. kinds of things, or my kid's going to want to go away for spring break. Um, like those kinds of things they, they usually forget about. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, when should students begin applying for private scholarships? Honest, as early as possible. Um, I have a friend who at the time when I met her, her son was like eight years old. He's now in middle school, but she asked me that same question. And in the sense that she's just a friend. So I would text, you know, Hey, I found this scholarship. There's scholarships for little kids, right? Like write a, write a draw yeah. picture, you know, like simple things. Um, and she's already got like almost $10,000 in scholarships for her 12 year old. Wow. So um, you can start really young. Obviously, most people don't do that, but I say start like 10th, 11th grade, um, start applying to those. Yeah. So, Elisa, how are you compensated? How do the parents pay for your services? Yes, I'm a private company. So, parents will pay me based on the needs that they have. So, you can get a college admissions package uh, with a certain number of hours with me. I uh, get financial aid help alone. Um, we also have a scholarship program. You can just pay for scholarship support. So um, depending on what service that family needs, we'll kind of make a package that works for them. Wonderful. So as I'm wrapping up my time with you, Elistia, uh, what is a call to action or a shout out you'd like to uh, give my listeners? Yeah, I would say um, if you want to get a hold of me, a scheduling consultation is free and very easy. It's not an obligation. I'm not a salesperson. I'm an educator. So um, it doesn't hurt to give me a call, but go to collegeinsights.com. That's insights with an S. And from there, you'll get our, our number, email, um, and even just right on the main webpage, you can schedule your call with me um, and just book an appointment on my calendar. Yeah, wonderful. Alicia, thank you so much again for uh, coming into virtual studio and sharing your wealth of expertise with my listeners on uh, planning for college. Yeah, thank you for having me again. And please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50. Or go online to themoneyr.com to get connected with either Doug or Elysia. Anything around uh, college, they can definitely help you. And uh, Tina Mitchell here, your host and local mortgage expert, uh, signing off again, Doug, Elysia, thank you for uh, for being here today. Thank you. I look forward to having you back. And to my listeners, enjoy the rest of your Saturday. I look forward to talking with you more on another topic regarding your money right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Tina Mitchell. MLO 145420 is a licensed loan originator with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871.
The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited.